Welcome to our first edition of Alternative News in 2016, brought to you by Romina Betsin and Andrew Irving from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament, produced at the community radio station 3CR. We hope you have had a healthy and happy holidays and best wishes for you all for 2016. We also hope you have enjoyed our summer repeats of 2015. Today we will speak about local issues, the current situation in Iraq, Western aggression, the highest form of terrorism, what legacy President Obama will leave behind, and two Turkish journalists face life in prison over a story alleging that the Turkish government was arming Islamist militants in Syria. In 2015, the world presented one crisis after another. These crises continue today, which confirms the great need for an effective peace movement to stop the insanity. The CICD welcomes the Turnbull government's rejection of the US request for more troops to fight the Islamic State. Australia is already heavily committed to providing troops and military equipment. However, the question is why the Australian government is maintaining forces in a meaningless conflict and supporting the destabilisation of the Middle East, in particular Syria. Australian bombing under the direction of the US can only create more deaths and misery for civilians, more refugees and more terrorists. The new Canadian government has decided to stop its bombing of Syria and rather to use the money saved to help refugees. We believe Australia should do the same. The situation in Syria is becoming more dangerous. It is obvious who is really fighting terrorism in this conflict and who are aiding and backing it. The Whitlam government and Pine Gap. The former Prime Minister Whitlam believed that a foreign power should not control Australian resources and dictate its economic and foreign policies. In drafting the first Australian lands rights legislation, his government raised the ghost of the greatest land grab in human history, Britain's colonisation of Australia and the question of who owned the island continent's vast natural wealth. Whitlam demanded to know if and why the CIA was running a spy base at Pine Gap near Alice Springs. Victor Manchetti, the CIA officer who helped set up Pine Gap, said that this threat to close Pine Gap caused apoplexy in the White House. A kind of chilly coup was set in motion. On the 10th of November 1975, Whitlam was shown a secret message sourced to Theodore Shackley, who was the head of the CIA's East Asia Division, who had helped run the coup against Salvador Allende in Chile two years earlier. Shackley's message was read to Whitlam. It said that the Prime Minister of Australia was a security risk in his own country. The day before, Kerr had visited the headquarters of the Defence Signals Directorate, where he was briefed on the security crisis. On the 11th of November, on the day Whitlam was to inform Parliament about the secret CIA presence in Australia, Kerr sacked the democratically elected Prime Minister. Australian politics never recovered, nor did Australia's true independence. The current situation in Iraq. The situation in Iraq 
is the direct result of over 25 years of US war against Iraq, its people and Washington's interventions elsewhere in the region. From the first Gulf War in 1991 through to the 2003 invasion and subsequent military occupation of Iraq, US and its willing allies carried out a systematic destruction of the country that had been one of the most advanced, secular, educated, with one of the most comprehensive health care and social infrastructure systems in the Arab world. Between the wars, over one million women, children and elderly people died as a result of Western sanctions. The Second Gulf War claimed the lives of over one million Iraqis, turning five million more into refugees, while the divide-and-rule strategy pursued by the Pentagon encouraged a sectarian civil war by deliberately manipulating tensions between Iraq's Shia and Sunni populations. Western aggression, which is the highest form of terrorism. Aggression is arguably the highest form of terrorism as it always includes the frightening of the target populations and their leaders, as well as killing and destruction on a large scale. The U.S. invasion of Iraq in 2003 was clearly designed to instill fear, that is to terrorize the victim population along with the target security forces and millions of Iraqis suffered as a result. Two Turkish journalists face life in prison over a story alleging that the Turkish government was arming Islamist militants in Syria. Come hear it, newspaper's editor-in-chief Kondondar and its Ankara representative Erdan Gul have been charged with espionage. Prosecutors accuse them of working with a US-based cleric to discredit the government. EU Enlargement Commissioner Johannes Hahn said he was shocked at the severity of the sentence sought by prosecutors. Human Rights Watch said they too were doing their job as journalists and no more than that. In its report last May, Kamhurit published a video of police finding weapons in trucks that it was said were linked to Turkish intelligence. The Turkish authorities insisted the trucks, which had been intercepted near the Syrian border, were in fact bringing aid to Syrian Turkmen minority. But the report caused chaos and prompted President Erdogan to file a lawsuit against the journalists. Mr Erdogan said the video footage was a state secret and vowed on TV that the journalists would pay a heavy price. The pair were detained in November and told the BBC that were kept in solitary confinement for 40 days before being allowed to share a cell. They face charges of espionage, attempting to overthrow the government and support for a terror organisation. If convicted, they will receive an aggravated life sentence, which includes tougher conditions. Turkey has come under mounting criticism for its treatment of journalists. Turkey ranks 149th among the 180 countries in the Reporters Without Borders World Press Freedom Index 2015. 
media organizations in Turkey say that more than 30 journalists are currently behind bars. The Turkish government, however, claims journalism in Turkey is among the most free in the world. What legacy President Obama will leave behind? When America voted for Barack Obama the first time, many people were very optimistic, including me. We believed there would be a real change in the U.S.'s role in world affairs. To have for the first time a president with an African Muslim father, an African Muslim name, what seemed like a caring heart and a brilliant mind, was both refreshing and promising. Barack Obama came into office with big promises. His first inaugural address was heard around the world with ears anticipating change, but it turned out it was just rhetoric. Obama promised hope to the poor and reconciliation with the Arab and Muslim world and even peace and justice in Palestine. But history has shown, unfortunately, he has been a failure and a disappointment. As a black man, he had great opportunity to address the issues of Afro-Americans, but he didn't. He showed little care for the oppression and discriminatory system the Afro-American community faces in the United States. Also, he has done even less to challenge or attempt to stop the killing and mass incarceration of Afro-Americans. As things stand today, there has never been a worse time to be an Arab or look Middle Eastern, especially in the United States. As Commander-in-Chief, he brought death and destruction on Afghanistan, Yemen, Libya and now Syria. Obama has done little to promote peace or justice in Palestine. In his inaugural address, he said, To those who cling to power through corruption and deceit and the silencing of dissent, know that you are on the wrong side of history, but that we will extend a hand if you are willing to unclench our fist. Yet President Obama warmly held the hand of Saudi dictators. Then, in Egypt, he allowed a military coup to depose the democratically elected president, Mohamed Morsi, who now awaits execution. While reinforcing the clenched fist of the dictator, Abul Fattah al-Sisi, by allowing the flow of billions of dollars of foreign aid money into his pocket. In his inaugural address... Mr. Obama promised the American people that America is a friend of each nation and every man, woman and child who seeks a future of peace and dignity. But even as he was preparing this address, going through these very words, Israel was bombing Gaza relentlessly, causing the death of over 1,000 innocent civilians criminally destroying infrastructure and injuring countless more. In Palestine, the prime example of a place where people seek a future of peace and dignity, President Obama allowed Israel to continue to bomb and kill with the full financial, military and political backing of the United States. As the president for the last seven years, he has given Israel the full support to kill, maim, arrest and torture men, women and children. The number of Palestinians made homeless, 
the number of Palestinian children arrested and abused and the number of Palestinian refugees waiting to return to their homes is getting higher by the minute. Yet he supported Israel. You will be aware that after almost half a decade of violent proxy war, terrorism and bloodshed in Syria, the opposing parties have agreed to meet once again, this time in Geneva, to find a political solution to the ongoing war that has cost the lives of tens of thousands of innocent men, women and children, has left millions of Syrians homeless and has turned millions of others into refugees, flooding Syria's neighbouring countries and now Europe. Many experts believe that this is the last chance for achieving a peaceful solution in the Syrian crisis. It is also well known that these negotiations are being held under extremely complicated circumstances. This conflict has more than two sides, and it is certainly not just about the government of Syria and its opposition. At the global level, the United States and NATO consider Syria a stepping stone towards a regime change in Iran and ultimately in Russia, and are trying to bring Syria under the Western and NATO control by any means possible, including financing, organising and arming the militant terrorist groups fighting the Syrian government, either directly or by using their proxy states and regional allies. This certainly put the United States on a dangerous confrontational course with Russia, which sees the overthrow of the Syrian government and establishment of another pro-NATO state near its borders as a major threat to its national security. The CICD will join with all peace groups who are asking and will push for a guarantee that the Syrian people are allowed to participate in the negotiations freely and that the Syrian people alone are allowed to decide the future of their country, not foreign powers and their proxy forces. The West Bank Settlements and the Two-State Solution Over the past 70 years, Israel has had many successes at the expense of the Palestinian people. But the one success that is the most remarkable is getting Palestinians and the world to buy into the notion that the occupation of Palestine began in 1967. More on this next week. That's all we have time for today. Thank you for listening. Tune in again next week for another edition of Alternative News brought to you from the community radio station 3CR. Our telephone number at Trades Hall is 9663-3677 and our email address is peacecentre at cicd.org.au. I'm Romina Betsin. And Andrew Irving. It's goodbye from us until next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.